0: Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit slash play 100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at pricepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: Welcome into the Osmo MMA Strategy Shows. We're here to get you ready for UFC 265, which goes down on Saturday night in Houston, Texas. Of course, headlined by the interim heavyweight title fight, Derek Lewis and Surreal Gone. We're going to break it down all for you. On the, over the next hour, of course, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. We'll talk about some Monkey Knife Fight plays later on in the show. Also, do want uh, to let you know, our show is also brought to you by our new podcast, Betting You, Who Will Win the Heisman? Can Georgia dethrone Alabama? Which Mac team should you be putting your money on? These questions and more are answered every Wednesday with Matt Jeski and Ben Rossa. As they talk all things college football betting, we have episodes available now on nearly every podcasting platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So go there and check it out today. Of course, uh, football season in full swing. The first NFL preseason game is tonight. We got coverage over there at Osmo.com as well. But of course, we're here to break down UFC 265. As always, I'm joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, uh, we've got a, a ton of fights and I'll tell you what, ah, man, when we do the over-under on stoppage at the end of the show, it might be a low number.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, um, You know, it's an interesting card for sure. I'm excited about the fights. I think that it's a pretty solid card, but uh, I feel like you think it's going to go, a lot of fights are going to go at the distance. We'll talk about it. Well, I want to see your line, and uh, I want to see if we're going to be targeting the the under or over your projected finishes. We got 13
1: fights. And I'm just oh, saying, there are. Don't even start. There, are, even start there are. Well, first off, true or false? We will have 13 fights on Saturday night. False. <laughs> you're, just, you're just gonna say, "Hey, like who it is?" False. We yeah. get 13 fights. Yeah,
2: exactly. We know uh, how it works.
1: Unfortunately, that that is uh, the UFC. In 2021. But Pete, let's get right into it. Main event, Derek Lewis, surreal gone. Interim heavyweight title on the line. Derek Lewis, 6,800 on DraftKings, 9,400 for surreal gone. I I will tell you, this is a a matchup that look, Derek Lewis, he's got a puncher's chance. No question about it. I, I really like surreal gone in this spot. I just think that he's going to play a distance game. I do think. You have to, if for surreal gone, you got to wonder how much he potentially could go to the takedown well. Also, I think that submission prop of surreal gone via submission plus 650 is a really interesting play. Uh, But I mean, look, if you're surreal gone, you just, you got to stay out of getting into a brawl.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a, uh, you know, an interesting stylistic matchup between a uh, very technical striker who likes to switch stances and, uh, you know, play the distance game very well. And that's the Rogan. And you have uh, Derek Lewis, who, you know, doesn't seem to check all the boxes, but uh, has that devastating KO power. And uh, if he touches you on the chin, regardless of how the fight was going, he can put your lights out. And he's done it multiple times in the UFC where he's losing the fight pretty handily. And then, uh, you know, comes from behind, lands one shot and, Derek Lewis did it again. You know, he got up from getting hit, taken down and controlled and stands up, lands a bomb and it's over. Um, so at 6,800, you definitely have to consider a guy like that. But for me, uh, you know, when I look at the, the fight tape and, uh, you know, I see how they could, you know, clash stylistically, I really like Cyril gone in the fight. I think that he's, you know, defensively sound. Um, he has good footwork. He likes to move after he strikes. I think that, you know, a focus of his camp will be digging to that body of Derek Lewis, where we've seen Derek Lewis sometimes be susceptible to some body shots. Um, And then, you know, when Derek Lewis throws a wide shot, I think that he can incorporate some takedowns and uh, solidify rounds or work towards a submission finish. But, uh, you know, I I think that this is going to be not a dominant performance, but, uh, you know, you're going to know that Siro went in there and, you know, won the fight pretty handily. Um, I think that Derek Lewis uh, could make sirogan a little tentative at times because of that that crazy KO power. But at 6,800, you know, puncher's chance, you know, worth a shot, I think, in at least 10 to 15% of your lineups. If you are a Derek Lewis backer, then go a little bullish on that number. And uh, you already know that Sarogon is going to have massive ownership. So, um, you know, play the contrarian route. But for me, Sarogon, 9,400, I don't even want to overthink it. I like him. I like the potential in five rounds.
1: And, of course, ownership is already up over there at awesomo.com. One of the uh, – Pete, I'm sure you're familiar with this stat, but a stat that really did stick out to me is uh, strikes landed per minute. Mm. Derek Lewis, 2.59, as opposed to Surreal gone at 5.13. Yeah. Um, and, and I just think it just shows Derek Lewis. He's just not a volume puncher, but – he can end anyone's night, any moment. Um, I have seen, it seems like the betting community is going to hammer the under four and a half rounds on this one. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that's a, a wise move.
2: Yeah, and I think it's because of, you know, multiple things. You have Derek Lewis's power that can change, you know, the course of the fight in one shot. Um, you have Cyril Gunn's submission possibility and potential. You have him possibly, you know, landing shots and TKO and Derek Lewis. We've seen Derek Lewis kind of, you know, check himself out of fights in the past where he starts getting beat and dominated. And it looks like he quits at times. Uh, I'm a big Derek Lewis fan. Maybe that, you know, this fight being in uh, in Texas is going to mean something else. And you're going to see the best out of Derek Lewis. Um, but also Derek Lewis's cardio is something that he's been working on extensively throughout the years. And I still think, you know, from the outside, Sarogon will probably pick them apart. And uh, ultimately, it will lead to a finish and in Sarogon's favor.
1: Since you mentioned the fact that we are in Texas, we got to mention, that means we got Texas judges.
2: <laughs> I mean, so
1: we could have some bad scorecards. Does on it doesn't really
2: matter anymore, right? Like of how inconsistent judging is in general. Like True story, I mean, true story. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like at the apex, we have great judging to begin with. I mean, there's, there's some solid judges and some, some consistent cards, but overall, it's just a nightmare. And, uh, you know, we definitely need a change in the sport.
1: Yeah, very much so. Of course, I mentioned about that uh, the ownership data is up over at awesomo.com. And if you're not an Awesomo Plus member, you want to get behind a little peek, but what's behind the paywall today, MLB player rankings is free over there at awesomo.com. Of course, I appreciate everyone that's in here on a Thursday watching us. Of course, uh, be sure to give us a subscribe to us right here on YouTube. Got a ton of great shows for you. Each and every day, I do got to remind you that we do have football tonight. And for the first time ever, we have NFL preseason projections. That's right. NFL preseason projections are up over awesome.com. They're going to be behind the paywall next week. But for tonight's Hall of Fame game between the Steelers and the Cowboys, they are 100% free. So be sure to go check them out right there over at awesome.com. Let's get into the co-main event. We got Jose Aldo. Taking on Pedro Munoz, I want to mention this comment that I saw in our premium uh, Slack uh, channel about this fight, where it says, "Munoz too cheap for a pick'em fight." Munoz seventy six hundred on DraftKings, fourteen dollars over on FanDuel. On the other side of the equation, Jose Aldo eighty six hundred and sixteen dollars over there as i'm I'm going through, i'm I'm putting some dots down here on my little my spreadsheet that I printed up here. On fights, I think a good chance to go to distance. This is wonderful.
2: Yeah, I, I might take an underweight approach to this fight if we're being honest. Uh, you know, I just think that it's you know two high level strikers with um, solid ground games. and whenever you have two evenly matched opponents, sometimes their strengths negate each other. And I will say that. I think Pedro Munoz will be a popular underdog play uh, because you know he's been better of late than Jose Aldo has. But if you really go and you dive into the records, like Jose Aldo has fought just like murderers row where he's fought legitimate competition ever since he came over from the WEC. But with all that being said, he has accumulated a ton of damage over time. So you have to wonder, is he a shell of himself? Is he not uh, the same fighter? It's pretty clear he's not the same fighter, but I do think that he's still you know within that high caliber range. Um, you know, in the Marlon fight, he did look good at times and he resorted to some, some of his grappling. I do think that, uh, you know, that's probably not going to be the approach in this fight against Pedro Munoz because they're both so dangerous in that department. But for me, I think this is going 15, man. I really do. And, you know, I understand the exposure to Pedro Munoz at 7,600 completely warranted. Um, Jose, Aldo in the, in the middle at 8,600, probably a guy I'm okay with getting away from, I expect I actually expect Jose Aldo to win this fight. If we're being honest, like I think that Jose Aldo is going to go out there and the speed's just going to be the difference maker. I think that he's just going to be a little too quick for Pedro Munoz. Yes. Pedro Munoz has a hell of a chin. Uh, he puts together great combinations and great submissions to rely on, but I feel like it could be like a, a two to one output in Jose Aldo's favor. So for me, it's uh it's pass on the fight. Um, I pick Jose Aldo to win, but if you really are dying for an underdog, you could do worse than Pedro Munoz.
1: Yeah, I agree with what you say there. I mean, I, I think this fight is is closer than what the DraftKings' odds are uh, in terms of this, in terms of the salary. I don't mind getting a little bit of Pedro Munoz. I just don't know if, if this thing goes 15 minutes, if Pedro Munoz can be optimal based on a fight that likely stays on the feet, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I just don't think there's going to be enough volume to make him optimal in, in that lineup. But I'll give you a crazy stat here. You know, Jose Aldo is younger than TJ
2: Dillashaw? It's crazy, right? Like, I, I goes to show you, like, you know, what Jose Aldo has accomplished within his career. And, you know, it goes to show you that his early dominance um, is, like, up there with some of the best because of his age, too. Right? Like, he was relatively immature, and he was just dominating everybody. So, it, it's just, like, I feel like he can get back to that but he needs to start being smart, especially at this division that he dropped down, right? Like you would expect the, the former featherweight king to start to have tons of success at, at bantamweight. And uh, I definitely think there's a, a path for it, but he has to be on his P's and Q's against Pedro Munoz and just kind of use his speed to his advantage. Yeah, my thing is always
1: is at what point are we going to see the decline in yeah. Jose Aldo? Uh, and, and, you know, you mentioned about, you know, Jose did go to the grappling round against Cheeto Vera. I don't think he goes the grappling round this one just because Pedro Munoz is a, a, a much better grappler than mm-hmm. Cheeto Vera is in that one. So I text Pete yesterday and I told him I said, you know what? I can't wait to hear your analysis on Michael Chiesa and Vicente Luque. This is actually the fight that I am the most interested in uh, Mm -hmm. outside of the main event on this card. And Vicente Luque, 8,500 over on DraftKings, $15 over on FanDuel. Chiesa is also $15 over on FanDuel. Chiesa, 7,700 on DraftKings. I think on the FanDuel side of the equation, Vicente Luque, I think, is an interesting play because Pete, He's gonna have to stop takedowns. I mean, like to me, like I think breaking down the fight is pretty simple. I think it just comes down to if this fight plays on the feet. To me, it's Vicente Luque all day. But if Kiesa gets this thing to the ground, I think this is a a prime spot for a a seventy-seven hundred Michael Kiesa. What's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think that this is one of the matchups I'll be most exposed to, to be honest. I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of potential for both fighters and in their victories, they tend to score pretty well. Uh, Michael Chiesa, 7,700, one of the best uh, wrestlers on the slate, if not the best wrestler on the slate where, you know, we know that DraftKings scoring really caters to that style. And if you can go in there and just close the gap between him and Vicente Luque, make his striking, just not even a part of the equation at all and just force Vicente Luque to defend takedowns, work towards uh, getting back control, uh, tripping them, you know, Matt returning him. I think that we could be looking at a uh, Michael Chiesa upset here with all that being said, we've also seen, you know, uh, Vicente Luque catch people with his hands, you know, threaten with chokes, Um, and Michael Chiesa in some of his defeats, he has been, you know, hit with shots and almost looked checked out at times and been submitted. So I I feel like you have to roster this fight. And admittedly, I've been flip-flopping on this matchup all day long, all week long. Um, I, I think I have a lean towards Michael Chiesa, to be honest. I really do. I just think just an overpowering, uh, wrestler can pose so many problems for, for a fighter, especially when you are, uh. Like the striking is going to be in Vicente Luque's favor. But if you are, you know, always hunting submissions, that's good. But it also means that you're somewhat being, you know, comfortable off of your back. Um, You know, if Vicente Luque gets Michael Chiesa in front headlock position, you can definitely see him working towards a darse choke, um, threatening that neck and, you know, exposing, you know, that little deficiency in Chiesa's game. But I don't know if that submission is really going to be a part of the equation because, you know, Michael Chiesa is going to, be looking for the body lock a lot, uh, tripping them down, looking to get back control and back control. If you look at uh, Vicente Luque's previous fights, you know, he has been out wrestled in some of his losses. So uh, like I said, I've been flip-flopping all day. It's a lean towards Kiesa because of the value and just the takedowns. But uh, I feel like you have to roster this fight. I really do.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you look at the three losses in Vicente Luque's UFC run, Two of them have something in common: the fact that he was taken down in his very first fight uh, against Michael Graves. He was taken down seven times against Leon Edwards. He was taken down three times, and uh, of course his other loss was against Stephen Thompson, which was a straight up striking matchup. But to me, this is just one of those fights that I, I think if you're Kiesa, there, there's a clear path. But if Kiesa can't get this ground, you know, Luke, and that's why I think you know, over on on Fanduel, I think Luke's is a very interesting play over there, at fifteen dollars.
2: Yeah, um, I would agree. And I also think that you know if Luque went out there and just completely finished Michael Chiesa, it wouldn't surprise me one bit because um, of just the skills that he brings to the table. He's a finisher. And I think that Chiesa knows and recognizes the danger in this matchup. Uh, We're going to see the best out of both guys. And I'm excited because I really feel like the winner of this matchup has a lot of potential moving forward.
1: Before we move on to the next matchup, do want to let you know that we do have two new YouTube channels that you need to subscribe to. If you love what we do for DFS, you're going to love what we do for season-long fantasy football and sports betting. Just click the link in the YouTube chat to subscribe to those channels and make sure to turn on those notifications as well. We are producing sports betting and fantasy football content around the clock, so make sure to stay up to date with videos from your favorite awesome host. If you want to check out some other free content we are offering, you can find our fancy football rankings in front of the paywall on the osmo.com fantasy football tab. And for sports betting, you can check out the awesome odds tab for access to odd shopper and our MLB betting tools, which include our sports betting model and player props. So you definitely want to check that out over at awesome.com. Dot com. Next up, we go to a matchup uh, of, of Tisha Torres and Angel Hill. Tisha Torres is 8700 Angel Hill 7500 on DraftKings, 19 and 12 over on FanDuel, respectively. Uh, when I saw the DraftKings salaries on this one, I was like, whoo it's a hefty price for Tisha Torres. And um, I, I don't know if I want to get there. I mean, I, I think she's going to win this fight, Pete. I just don't, from a DFS perspective, I don't think it's necessarily a, a great play.
2: Yeah, I would have to agree and say that, you know, being a little underweight to this matchup is probably the way to go. I do favor Tisha Torres in the bout. Um, I think that she can match the striking of Angela Hill, despite the the reach advantage. Um, I will say that Tisha Torres can mix in some takedowns, which I think could lead to possibly an elevated score, but I, I just see this going 15 minutes and I don't, uh, I think that the ceiling for Tisha Torres is, is a little higher because of her pat, you know, her style and what she does in her fights, where she mixes in takedowns, lands some good strikes, has high volume. Whereas Angela Hill really just will be defending takedowns and just producing strikes. I think that you know Angela Hill's somewhat capped at 7,500, even and say even a decision victory. I think that you know Tisha Torres could surprise us even at 8,700, but I'm okay with getting underweight to it because there's tons of other matchups on the card that I want to get some exposure to.
1: Samuel, I appreciate you in the super chat. Of course, we'll get to your questions there at the end of the show. I just happened to uh look up the odds on this fight it goes the distance. Pete It is as high as minus
2: four fifty. I was going to say minus 400. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a rematch and uh, I'm excited to see how this goes, but I, I really feel like, you know, Tisha Torres will probably go out there and uh win pretty handily. I think that, uh, Anytime Angela Hill gets a little comfortable, Tisha Torres will clinch her, um, work towards taking her down. And that's always been the Achilles heel for Angela Hill is her her grounding and uh, getting controlled on the mat at times. She's gotten better. She has improved. But I still feel like, you know, uh, Tisha Torres will come out victorious. Yeah,
1: I'm with you on there, and yeah, this is as I look at my sheet of where I've got uh, marked off as fights I believe have a extremely high probability of going the distance. This is one of those matchups. Now, our opening fight of the pay per view will be a matchup between Song Yudong and Casey Kenny. Casey Kenny, eighty two hundred, eight thousand for Song Yudong over on FanDuel. A little bit of a different story here: eighteen dollars for Kenny, thirteen dollars for Song Yudong. I talked to Casey Kinney about two weeks ago, and, and my biggest takeaway, actually, was uh, last week I talked to him. My biggest takeaway was he really talked about he's got to be a complete fighter. And Ooh. the other the other big thing I, I took away from it was he talked about after the Dom Cruz fight, He took a month off, didn't go into the gym. It was a planned thing. He had like eight fights in two years and team just like, you know what? You got to have a break. And he's like, yeah, I I stayed away. Uh, But I thought the biggest thing to me was him talking about being complete martial artist, which uh, immediately the first thing that said to me is, I guess he's going to use his, uh, he's going to go to his wrestling roots here because a lot of people, you know, we've seen Casey Kennedy striker, but his background is wrestling.
0: Yeah.
2: um, Well, that might change some things for me because, uh, you know, honestly, I feel like this is a 50-50 fight. I feel like it's priced accordingly. Uh Song Yudong has looked incredible. Um, you know, but he at times can get taken down and and lose fights because uh, you know, despite being at Team Alpha Male, he still gets taken down. Uh some ex- exciting striking. Casey Kenny comes forward a lot, uh, throws high volume. Um, and then Nathaniel Wood fight through a ton. Uh he started getting tired and fatigued in round 2, um and even in round 3, but he resorted to some takedowns, and that's kind of what solidified that fight for him. Um, so I think that if he goes back to the, the takedown well, like he's kind of implying. I was going to say I'd go a little underweight on this fight now. I feel like I need to get some exposure to it. Initially, I like what Song Dong can do, and I like his promise. Obviously, mental burnout is, is a real thing, and that's something I worried about with Casey Kenning with all his, all his activity but the fact that he's taken time off is something that is great. His coaching staff clearly addressed that, um, taking time off, allowing your body to heal, allowing your mind to kind of just get back in the right place. You know, naturally the 8,000 and 8,200 fights are very difficult to get away from. I will have a slight lean towards Casey Kenny with the takedown potential.
1: Dylan mentions, he goes, song, you already has some close slash questionable decisions outside of Texas. So this is a sketchy fight.
2: Yeah. Oh, 100%. Exactly. And, uh, Man, well, we'll have to see how this fight goes. Um, but, uh, you know, naturally, this, this salary range is difficult to get away from.
1: This is another fight that I think has the recipe for going 15 minutes.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, I feel pretty confident in several other fights. And uh, that I feel like there's higher potential in other matchups, Where this could be like a, the victor is going to be within the 85-point range.
1: I mean, look, this may be a UFC card where you may only have one fighter on the main card and you might feel pretty good heading into the pay-per-view because I will tell you this right now. The first four fights on the pay-per-view, I think all of them have a high probability going the distance.
2: I think you might be right, buddy.
1: You know, I'm I'm glad that you agree with (laughs) that.
2: Yeah, you might be right. I mean, it's a it might be a long night, but also on nights like this, um, you know, MMA is crazy. Like, like I said, it's the toughest to predict. Um, you put a lot of time into viewing, viewing tape and and looking at stylistic matchups and all that. But at the end of the day, you don't know how somebody is, you know, in their headspace. So a lot of it is mental and, uh, it's all who's better that day. Not who's the better fighter.
1: Look at the end of the day. If the main event goes a distance, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I'm... does Derek
2: Lewis have a 25 minute gas tank? That's that's my fear, right? I don't think he does. Yeah, even
1: though Strogan is is kind of he's built for 25 minutes, right? I,
2: I just don't think Derek
1: Lewis is, is built for that. Now, the the uh, headliner of the preliminary guard is going to be Bobby Green versus Rafael Fiziev, and of course, Bobby Green. I feel like every time we have a Bobby Green fight, I bring it up November. 2013, last time he we went out there and got a stoppage victory, that was against Jane Krause. That was a fight for the troops card. Uh, he is 6900 Raphael is $9,322 and $8 respectively over on FanDuel. I guess with Bobby Green, um, you know, he has been stopped. I want to say the last time he was stopped was by Dustin Poirier back at UFC mm-hmm. 199, which is the anniversary of that. Uh, I want to say it was this week. Uh, but he's a guy that, you know, he goes a distance. Um, you know, the only thing you hate about Bobby Green is, uh, you know, he gets hit and then he tries to play off like he didn't get hit. And it's like, you just told the judges, you did get hit. Um, I, I just, I think the only question, if you want to pay up for Raphael is, can he get a finish in this match? I mean, obviously he's a, a very talented striker.
2: Yeah. I mean, Rafael Faziv is a fantastic talent within the division and training now at Sanford MMA and formerly being, he might still be the the striking coach over at Tiger Muay Thai, but uh, I know they faced some issues because of the pandemic. Uh, but Rafael Fazeev, even at Sanford MMA, he's surrounded by talented fighters, talented wrestlers. I really like that move, and I like that gym moving forward. Um, Bobby Green at 6,900 is ridiculously cheap for a guy who's always in close fights. Uh, he plays around too much, so there's no way I'm going to pick Bobby Green to, uh, to come out victorious in here, and he's notorious for losing decisions. So um, I'm not picking him to win, but I will say that his takedowns are interesting. He can, uh, you know, have great moments in there. His boxing's strong. It is. Uh, he he shoulder rolls a lot. I think that he will get cracked and hurt numerous times against Rafael eve But at 6,900, it just comes down to some people are just too cheap. And even in a loss, right? In a loss to... Uh, Tiago Moises, Bobby Green scored 53 in a loss to Trinaldo. He scored 40 um, in a loss to Dracar. Close, he scored 52. So, depending on how the slate is, even a, a, lo- a losing fighter, Bobby Green, could make it into the optimal if some of these high priced options end up you know pumping out some high scores. Just be aware of that. I am favoring Rafael Fiziev, um, you know, like pretty heavy. I think that he's going to go out there and just outclass Bobby Green uh, everywhere. Um, so at 9,300, I will be paying off for Hotfield field for but I'm definitely going to get to some exposure of Bobby green at 6,900.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, the one thing about Bobby is just, I mean, he's tough, but, you know, it, it's, I just want to see some little more volume out of him. And, uh, but Faziz, I mean, look, he's, he's a very talented striker. Uh, Tiger Muay Thai, I do believe, is closed right now because of the pandemic. I want to say he's been training down ATT. I want to say it is. So uh, I, I do think he is the right side to go with this, but this is another fight that I think. Potentially has the recipe of of going 15 minutes as well. Next up, we got a matchup of two fires coming off a layoff. Vince Morales and Draco Rodriguez. Vince Morales, 7,800, 8,400 for Draco Rodriguez. You know, Vince Morales uh, coming off that injury. uh, A guy that, you know, you look at the fact of his cousin's Ricky Simone, you think, okay, his cousin's Ricky Simone, he's going to be a wrestler. That's not what Vince Morales does. He, he wants to keep it up on the feet. Um, you know, it just it's one of those fights. I'm, I'm not sure which side is the correct side to go on. I do kind of feel it's a
2: 50-50. Yeah, I think this is a pretty volatile matchup and, and a fight that we need to have in our lineups for GPPs. I think there's going to be high scoring potential. Uh, Draco Rodriguez, you know, getting knocked out in his previous fight against Eamon Sahabi. Um, he looked okay until he got caught with a really, really hard shot. And, uh, that's twice now in his career that he's been knocked out. So we always, we always talk about having a chin issue or possibly not being able to absorb damage as well as you used to. And I am worried always about a fighter coming back from a knockout loss, right? Especially when you're going up against a guy who, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. Vince Morales likes to throw hands and his hands are actually really good when he lets him go. Um, I will say that I listened to a couple of interviews and I saw Vince Morales uh, has been at syndicate. And he's been, uh, you know, been there for quite some time now. Yeah. And I do like that, Jim. And I do like the the fact that Draco Rodriguez has been recently knocked out. I mean, uh, for DFS wise, of course, I think that Vince Morales actually might be an underdog that I'm targeting this week. I'm going to say that Vince Morales will go out there. And uh, I think that he's going to knock out uh, Draco Rodriguez. But if you look at the, uh, the careers of both guys, they've both been finished in their losses. Um, whereas Vince Morales has been submitted and Draco Rodriguez has tons of submissions, uh, off of his back. He's pretty dangerous, but, uh, I I think that Vince Morales could touch him on the chin. And if there is an underlying chin issue, we could be looking at an underdog that comes through. So it's a lean towards Vince Morales. I'm picking him to win. Uh, but this is a GPP fight for sure.
0: Let's face it, most people aren't making massive turkey feasts on the regular, and after 364 days of not thinking about it, it can be hard to get that bird just right. That's where Instacart, the holiday rescue app, comes in. From getting all the ingredients to prep a full seasonal spread to getting last-minute swaps in a turkey emergency, Instacart has everything a holiday host needs to save face and save dinner. And right now, if you download Instacart, you get free delivery on your first three orders and delivery in as fast as one hour. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at Las Vegas, uh, there was a time for a while, It just a lot of guys were not heading to Vegas to train, but that really has changed primarily because of P.I., and Vince Morales is one of those guys that has taken advantage of that situation. You're you're just seeing more and more fighters are are leaving wherever they live and going over to train Mm -hmm. over there in Las Vegas. Now, of course, today's show is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Of course, we've been telling you about Monkey Knife Fight For some time. So with Monkey Knife Fight, you are in charge. Head over there. Sign up right now as Monkey Knife Fight has an instant first match deposit of up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code AWESOMO. As I was going through my sheet uh, today in terms of the Monkey Knife Fight, I did find some uh, what I thought were some interesting ones. Um, You know, interesting in the co-main event of Jose Aldo and Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz, total strikes landed. 94 and a half Jose Aldo, 62 and a half.
2: I probably say uh, more for Jose Aldo and less for Pedro Munoz. I think Pedro Munoz is just too slow.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other one that kind of stuck out to me is Tisha Torres and Angela Hill. Tisha Torres, one of 14 and a half and 86 and a half for Angela Hill. My first thought is if Tisha Torres is going to hit that number, to me means she got this fight to the ground. She just landed a bunch of short shots on the ground. But, man, that's a lot of strikes in a 15-minute matchup.
2: It is. Um, I think for me, I don't know if she can reach that because I think she's going to be clinching with Angela Hill, working takedowns into the fold as as well. And that's why I would say less. The Angela Hill side is pretty interesting because she's going to do everything in her power to throw strikes and throw them at high volume. So um, I have a little difficult time with that one. I will actually say double less, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's that's one of the things I I always talk about here on the strategy show is you got to hop on these monkey knife fight lines early because sometimes you can get a little bit of an edge. I will tell you on Saturday before live, before lock, myself and Greg will have a a 30-minute show talking about monkey knife fight. So look for that there on Saturday. If you got any monkey knife fight question, of course, appreciate their sponsorship here on the awesome MMA strategy show. Let's move on. Next up, we got a matchup. At Alonzo Minifield, Ed Herman. Alonzo Minifield, 7000 for Ed Herman. I mean, look, I'm picking Alonzo Minifield, but if this thing hits minute six, I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm picking Alonzo Minifield as well. I think that you know he's, I think that he's evolving slowly, um, and I do think that Ed Herman's on his way out within the UFC. I, I think that he can, uh, he's tough and he has a really, really solid uh, BJJ game too, you know, in his back pocket. So that's why at 7,000, I will have exposure to Ed Herman, but I'm, I'm picking Alonzo Meadowfield. I, I think that he's going to be able to go out there on the feet, have the advantage in that department. I think that he's just really, really physical. Um, I, I like what I've seen from Alonzo Menofield in moments, but I, I view this fight as just completely untrustworthy either side. If you are on the Ed Herman side, like you're praying that he's going to tie up with uh, Alonzo Menfield, work his grappling, try to take him down, try to to tax his uh, his cardio and uh, possibly take advantage of him on the mat, uh, land a submission, or even just squeak out a decision. So Ed Herman at 7,000, in addition to Vince Morales, will be guys like I, I, I think Vince Morales is going to win the fight. Uh, Ed Herman's a guy I will need to get exposure to around that 15% range. Uh, for my my GPP lineups, but it's Alonzo Alonzo could go out there and get that Francis and Gano bonus.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's the one thing I'll say about Ed Herman. I think that's going to be a live betting situation, potentially, if this fight hits the second round, because obviously the, the huge concerns that we have in terms of Alonzo Minifield's gassing, but this this is an improving fighter, no question about it, but that obviously is the big concern. I mean, when you're you know over on DraftKings at 9200 or $21 over on FanDuel, I mean, you're paying a high price that you know, you're just sitting there going, okay, Get that first round stoppage, Alonzo, midfield, or otherwise you're going to be a little bit of a concern. Now, the next matchup true, false. It's going 15 minutes.
2: True, I think. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's true. It's true. He, Carolina Kovaciewicz and Jessica Penne. Jessica Penne, $7,900, 8300 for Kovaciewicz and over, over on Fanduel $17 for Kovaciewicz and $12 for Jessica Penne. I don't mind the $17 price tag over on Fanduel. The reason being, she's going to have to stop some takedowns.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I think that Kovaciewicz is the, the side to play here for me. I think that uh, despite her terrible track record lately um i think that she can go out there and you know get a win over jessica penne i I really do uh jessica penne didn't really impress me too much in her previous performance i understand what she brings to the table she has solid grappling and that's that's a tool that can always win your rounds and you know control time is huge we see it all the time each week we see control time versus damage almost weekly right like how are the judges going to score that? Are they going to the score the the more damaging strikes, or are they going to score somebody who had more control time? Uh, for me, it's Kovalevich though. She has pretty high volume, and uh, I just think that she's going to be able to go out there and kind of get back to her old self. It's always tough to tell when somebody's been struggling for so long, but it's not like Jessica Penne's been like fantastic. She's one in four in her past, you know, uh, one in three. Sorry, in her past four fights as well. So. Ah, man, I, I think that uh, Kovalkiewicz at 8,300 is somebody that I have my eye on and I will be playing, but I'm not really expecting much in terms of uh, DFS production.
1: My yeah, I, I don't real, I don't like this fight for DFS. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that concerns me again, uh, uh, Carolina in this spot is when you think of the octagon, you have that black line, mm-hmm. and so basically you're a foot or two away from being right at the fence. That's my concern with her is that she finds herself with her heels behind that black line for a majority of this fight, and I think that if it does happen, it is favored Jessica Penne.
2: One hundred percent. It's a great great analysis, and uh, you know. Maybe at seventy nine hundred. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh on Jessica Penne. Maybe the the grappling grappling uh, possibility and potential is something we always have to kind of have our eyes on. I will have. I won't uncheck Jessica Penne as much as I want to. I won't do it. I'll, I'll include her in my underdog pool, but I'm still picking Kova Cabbage to walk away victorious. Jessica Penne is my pick. Really? Okay. You yeah. think she gets?
1: I, I I think it's the grappling. I, I think she'll okay. be able to, you know, because I, I look at Carolina. You know, a fight that I'm always going to target Carolina is is a mm-hmm. fight that I believe she it's a striking matchup where she's not going up against a power puncher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that. I think that Jessica Pena, it's going to be a, a big grappling base. Do I love her DFS? No. Uh, I don't mind Carolina as a play on FanDuel, though, just because she is going to have to stop takedowns uh, in that one. Then we got a flyweight matchup between Manel Cop and O'Day Osborne. O'Day Osborne, the underdog in this one, 7,200. Manel Cop, 9,000. Um, Manel has been a disappointment since coming to the UFC from Ryzen. I mean, it, w- the we all had this high expectations of him of like, Hey, this guy could be a child title challenger at 125, And we just haven't liked what we've seen, Pete.
2: I will say that, you know um, it just goes to, to prove how strong the competition is within the UFC and uh, Manel cop looked excellent outside the UFC and coming in. I think that there's a ton of promise for him and I still think that there can be. And uh, I really feel like recency bias could, could possibly be going a little too far, um, and I understand why people are excited about Ode Osborne because it looks like he's extremely dangerous. But I don't really look at this matchup as a, a favorable matchup for him, to be honest, because you're dealing with a guy who's not going to sit there in front of you and stand there and allow you to hit him. Uh, you're dealing with Manel cop who has fantastic footwork, fantastic boxing. And uh, despite getting taken down several times against uh, Mateus Nicolaou, uh, usually has some wrestling in his back pocket to to make things interesting. So um, I know Ode Osborne, is pretty solid in the jiu-jitsu department and off of his back will work towards submissions, but he's off. He's on his back quite often in some fights. Like, what does that tell you? It tells you that his, his wrestling defense isn't really, you know, up to par. Um, and I do think that the, just the in and out movement of Manel cop, I think he's going to walk away victorious here. If Ode Osborne goes out there and puts away Manel cop, Ode Osborne's legit. he's so, so legit. And that goes to show you how tough uh, Brian Kelleher is. But for me, I think Manel Cop's going to, you know, get back on the horse and uh, walk away victorious here and look good doing it.
1: Uh, One of the commenters uh, over on YouTube says, concerned about the reach disadvantage for Manel Cop in this one. Five-inch reach advantage for O'Day Osborne.
2: I mean, normally I would say that, you know, being at a reach disadvantage is huge. And it usually is because fighters don't have good footwork. Manel cop has good footwork. So he's, he's really good at entering into their bubble and and getting close to land his shots and, you know, evading and getting out, cutting an angle, uh, switching sides. So uh, I would say generally, I would be worried about a reach, you know, disadvantage, but I think that Manel cop, I like him in the matchup, to be honest.
1: Well, before we uh, move on to the next matchup, let's put a little spotlight on some of the people that have gone into the Awesomo Hall of Fame. Of course, you got to be rocking that awesome avatar on your DFS profile, placing the top three of a contest with over 5,000 entry. Tweet your wins to at Awesomo HOF. You'll win a free month of Awesome Plus Platinum. Only one free month can be awarded to a user per calendar year. Congratulations for Daniel. Last weekend, Take it down first place in a UFC contest as he took down his first GPP. So congratulations to you there, Daniel. Hopefully you can go out there and do it again. Also, uh, Texas Advo coming in first place as well. Nice little lineup there of uh, 700 points. And we kind of always joke of that's really where you got to go uh, at this point as well. Eurasa also. Coming in there as well. JP taking down a MLB contest. Also, uh Shaky coming down in second place. An MLB contest taking down $25,000. Congratulations. As always, love seeing those screenshots of what you go with your wins there, whether it's on DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever DFS it may be. So congratulations to you there. Let's move on to a matchup that we broke down a couple weeks ago. It uh, ended up getting scrapped due to COVID. Miles, John, and Anderson Dos Santos, I believe it's the same exact salary as before, 8900 and uh, ha- Has your thoughts changed at all in this fight?
2: Um, because of the the fight card, I feel like this might be one of the fights we need to target. Um, okay. So I think the landscape of the slate uh, has really you know changed my mind of like, man, I might have to roster this fight just because of how many other fights I'm predicting to go the distance. Um, I will tell you that I feel like, you know, Anderson dos Santos is dangerous and has submission skills, has knockout, knockout power as well. Uh, Miles Johns has looked better and uh, you know, works behind his jab pretty well. But if you look on a lot of his regional tape and even in the UFC, when he starts to trade, he's, he's pretty wide at times. And I do worry about him getting caught with a shot from Anderson dos Santos, who's extremely wide, but powerful. So I think it's going to come down to who lands first. Who do I think is the better fighter? I think Miles Johns is the better fighter, but this is MMA. The better fighter doesn't always win, which is, which is why you know MMA DFS is extremely difficult. I'm going to have exposure to both sides in this fight, and I think it's the right way to go about it. I think Miles Johns wins this about seven out of 10 times, in my opinion. I think that he can mix in takedowns, avoid the submission skills of Anderson Dos Santos on the feet. If he's just going to be a little cleaner and a little tighter, he should have no problem if he starts getting to a firefight, you know, flip a coin, who lands first, and uh, they're gonna walk away with a pretty, pretty high score. So it's Miles Miles Johns for me, at eighty nine hundred. But uh, beware.
1: Over on Fanduel, twenty dollars for Miles Johns. You want to get there?
2: Mm, probably not, right? Like that's that's pretty high. Um, I I don't know if I if I would get that high over on that platform.
1: Uh, next up, we've got a female matchup, which will be the second fight of the night. Vittoria-Leonardo taking on Melissa Gatto. Gatto, 8,800. Leonardo, 7,400. What's your take, Pete?
2: This is the unknown factor on this card, right? We always have these unknown factors, and uh, Melissa Gatto's absence is something that really nobody outside the people in her camp can, can tell you what she's been doing or, or what she's been working on or uh, how much she's evolved. It just comes down to, uh, you know, if you're really looking back on that regional tape and you think she's going to be the same fighter moving forward, then maybe you think that, you know, Victoria Leonardo could walk away victorious. But for me, I like what I've seen out of Gato, like from an aggressive jujitsu standpoint, Mm -hmm. I think at 8,800, we could be looking at somebody who could be working towards a finish. Uh, She does end up on the mat at times on her back, which is always a worry about losing a decision. But I will tell you, from some of the footage I have seen of her training, she's she's incorporating takedowns, which is great. If she lands in top position, I think that she can uh, solidify rounds and and you know possibly win in dominant fashion. So I I kind of like the unknown factor over Melissa Gatto, who has you know a pretty big win over Carol Hosa, who's looked fantastic in the UFC. So I'm gonna take my chances and kind of ride with the unknown factor. And Melissa Gatto, 8800. Victoria Leonardo, 7400. Not really a fighter I want to get to, to be honest. I think if she wins, it's going to be boring. I don't think she's going to really uh, produce as far as DFS is considered.
1: Yeah, Gato's is going to be one of those fires. I'm really watching ownership to see kind of where that goes. Could that maybe potentially come a little bit of a leverage play? Yeah, in terms of this one we always talk about that 89 88 8,700, 8600 you know who who in that range is going to be that leverage play to potentially get to now our first fight of the night we got Johnny Munoz taking on Jamie Simmons Munoz 9100 Simmons 7100 what's your thoughts
2: Well I'll tell you that you know I'm interested with this matchup because first fight of the night tends to be a part of the optimal it, it it's volatile and that's why for the longest time you didn't enjoy having exposure to it because it's just like, no matter what, still
0: don't, still don't, still
2: don't. Right. Like, I don't like it either because it's just like, you know, it's, you need it, but you, you don't feel good about it. No matter what I will say that, uh, Jamie Simmons, you know, in his losses has been finished, uh, via submission and, uh, by knockout. Whereas Johnny Munoz has a better, better record. He's 10 and one. I like the tape that I've seen on Johnny Munoz, to be honest, solid striking, but it's the grappling, the wrestling and uh, the jujitsu that's kind of like pushing me in his favor. And I, I do think that, you know, Jamie Simmons, if you look at his regional tape, he has some explosive takedowns, but in several fights, he's in submissions. He's fully locked in submissions and he's slamming his way out, which is something that, you know, really shows that you're a little green to that area of the sport. Because usually slamming out of certain submissions is not the way like a triangle slamming your way out of a triangle is not usually the best decision. Uh, you tend to make that tighter and he's done it quite often uh, on the regional side. I think that Johnny Munoz honestly is going to go out here and, uh, and get a finish over, uh, over Simmons. I really do 9,100 really hard to pay that price tag. But if you think, you know, if you look, he scored 63.1 in his debut against uh, Nate Manis. And a lot of people, including myself, thought he won that fight. So that would have been 93 points and a victory over Nate Manis, who I believe is a better fighter than Simmons. So uh, I think Munoz is a very sneaky play here at 9,100, and I'll have plenty of exposure.
1: Yeah, I like the jiu-jitsu aspect uh, for Munoz in this matchup. So, we got about 10 minutes here left in this show. Line those questions up right here on YouTube, also in Slack. We'll get to those before we get out of here. Of course, coming up after us will be MLB Deeper Dive with Eric and Adam to get you ready for tonight's MLB slate. Before we get into our fight picks, do want to let you know we want to get access to all the great tools and content we have over awesome.com. You got to sign up for an also plus weekly pass for 29 95 gives you access to all the great premium data and tools we have, including ownership projections, our Slack channel and so much more. And if you're a new user of also plus platinum that you can take advantage of the promo code we have for the show, which is MMA Strategy Show, all caps, one word. That's MMA Strategy Show for 25% off your first week of Also Plus. Apply them, of course. If you just want a MMA weekly pass, you can get that for $8.95. Stop guessing, start winning. Join Awesome O Plus today. Pete, before we get our fight picks, you ready for the uh, the number oh. on finishes? Hold my, on. My number?
2: All right, we got 13
1: fights. All right, let's see it. Do you got? Do you have a number in your head? You don't have to tell me what it is. Do you have a number? Four and a half. That is exactly my number. four yeah, and a half. Yeah, exactly. We really have it written down here. I got thirteen fights. Four and a half. Love to hear Ooh. from everyone watching. Four and a half stoppages. You going over or under? I thought putting for five and a half,
2: everyone would gonna, go under. I'm, I'm going to say over. I am going to say over. And uh, it's just going to be hard to pinpoint which ones. Um, I think the prelims, targeting the prelims for not majority of your lineups, but for the the high ceiling fighters is the way to go. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say there's five finishes on this card.
1: Yeah, I was looking at it. And so here's the, here's the fights I think have a high probability going the distance. Aldo yeah. Munoz, Chiesa Luque, Torres Hill, Yadong Kenny, Green Fiziev, Kolbakevich, Pene johns dos santos
0: Those you a little
2: tricky this is no i mean a lot the miles johns dos santos fight i feel like somebody's getting finished in that one i really do
1: yeah but i'll, I'll tell you this pay, the pay-per-view could be a long way to get to the, to the main event i'm just <laughs> yeah,
2: right i'm gonna be at work just like dude it's gonna be <laughs> one o'clock
1: uh, let's go, let's get into our, uh, straight up five picks. Of course, Tyler has put a little pull up there on the over under stoppages. Love the, to see how everyone votes for that one. Uh, main event. Give me surreal gone.
2: Yeah. Surreal gone.
1: Co-main event. I went kind of back and forth, but I'll, I'll, I'll side with Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo. Give me the
2: upset. Michael Chiesa. Michael Chiesa.
1: I will take Tisha Torres. Tisha. Give me Casey Kenny.
2: I'm gonna say Song Dong, even though like you kind of convinced me in Casey Kennedy. I'm gonna just for straight up fight pick. I'm gonna say Song Dong.
1: Uh, ne- give me uh Raphael against Bobby.
2: Yeah, Fazev. Uh,
1: then I will. I will take uh. Don't feel great about this fight either way, but give me Vince Morales.
2: Vince Morales, let's go.
1: Uh, I will take Alonzo Minifield. Minifield. I right, give me Jessica Penne in the
2: upset. Kovalevich. Uh. Manel Cobb. Manel Cobb. Uh, you got
1: to go there. Uh, yeah. I'll take Miles Johns.
2: Agreed, Miles Johns. Give me a Melissa Gatto, Melissa Gatto,
1: and I will take Johnny Munoz in the opening fight of the night.
2: Johnny Munoz as well. I mean, if for DFS, right? Like, you have to like pinpoint your DFS picks and set them. I think there's there's a difference between DFS picks and betting right like yeah, yeah. Uh, i feel like you can you can make an argument for some of them being you know you know similar where it's like okay i'm going to back this guy on both platforms but i will tell you that certain fighters are a little bit more appealing for DraftKings uh or FanDuel as they are in the betting like Hafiel like i i think that he's going to win pretty handily but uh you know paying up is something that that's always in discussion it's like okay do you feel comfortable with the rest of your lineup by spending ninety three hundred um, for Hotfield physique, something like that.
1: Uh, mentioned uh, two questions before we get into the super chat that we got before the show. Uh, golf guy asks, he says, Who would you have the most exposure to for a FanDuel GPP and who would you have the least? Uh, in terms of the least side of it, um, I would probably go with. Ooh, the least probably Tisha Torres on the least side of it
0: um, on,
1: Fandle? on Fandle. $19 for a fight. I think it's going to go 15 minutes. She's not going to be, I mean, she, she could get takedowns, but she, it's like, she's stopping takedowns. Um, I, I just think of that price range. There's other fires I'd rather get to as a payup option.
2: Yeah. I mean, from, uh, Mediocre and high price standpoint. I, I get what you're saying. There's plenty of other fighters I'd want no business having on FanDuel. Um, but, uh, you know, you have to pick and choose who's going to be defending takedowns and who's not. Uh, that's why, like, you know, Vicente Luque is somebody over on that platform that makes more sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, in terms of being over, you know, having the most exposure on a FanDuel GPP, it's kind of hard for me to get away from Surreal Gone. I just, I, I really like him in that matchup. Um, I, I will probably have way too much Michael Chiesa,
2: though. I'm kind of like 50-50 on that fight, to be honest. Uh, I like Chiesa for DraftKings uh, because of the the takedowns and the control, but I really feel like we've seen both these guys you know, get finished or lose fights by facing fighters similar to their opponent. You know what I mean? Like, And, and I think that either one on any given night can win this fight. So I'm interested in it. I think it's going to be pretty pivotal for a lot of people's lineups.
1: Hunter asks, he goes, what do you think the odds are that Miles Johns keeps the fight on the feet?
2: I think it's going to be, you know, it all depends, right? Like, it's so hard to predict um, because it's all based on feel. Like, if he gets rocked with a shot, I think that's where he could start, start to resort to wrestling, which is always dangerous. I think that uh, I'd probably say for the majority of the round, he'll be striking. And the takedowns will probably come as like a, all right, let's put a stamp on this round.
1: Uh, Samuel, appreciate you in the super chat. Before we get to his DFS questions, I'll mention his last questions. How many margaritas, Pete?
2: First day was definitely the under on that two and a half. Uh, (laughs) But I feel like I I definitely uh, increased my tolerance uh, over the course of this day. And uh, I was, I was, I was having, having some good numbers, man. I think I was like four or five. I tried some other stuff. It was damn good. We had I tried a Miami Vice. That was slamming. Uh, it, we were just having a damn good time. It was awesome. And uh, I was happy to still be able to do that show on vacation. Uh, thought that I was going to have some pretty bad quality, but it, it seemed to be okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, of course, Sammy's got his usual questions. Let's start with the first one. Top two cash.
2: Surreal Surreal. Gone. It's got to be one of real gone for me, right? Um, and then, I mean, I think that, Rafael Fazeev would probably be the other one.
1: I might say Johnny Munoz.
2: I like that. I like that. I think it's it's close between Fazeev and Munoz.
1: Top two GPPs.
2: Top two GPP targets. Um, who has crazy, crazy ceiling? Um, Potentially
1: Alonzo Minifield could get agreed. a finish in, in 60 seconds with his... A- his burst
2: agreed. I, I might say Melissa Gatto is yeah. like, no, no, no. I'll take that back. Johnny Munoz. It's Johnny Munoz for me. I think that, you know, I've seen him fight in the UFC. There's, there's a lot that I like about Melissa Gatto. It's just that unknown factor that I can't say, you know, top GPP, but she's up there.
1: Uh, underdog plays for me. Um, I would be, I'm going to be looking at, uh, Michael Chiesa and Jessica
2: Pena underdog plays for me, buddy. Um, is Vince Morales for me and it's Vince Morales and Michael Chiesa? Uh,
1: top leverage play. Um, I would, I'm gonna be, we'll see how ownership goes, but potentially maybe someone like a Melissa Gatto is someone to potentially look at there. Maybe Miles Johns, too.
2: Uh, a leverage play would be for me, Derek Lewis, right? 6,800. Yeah. He lands a bomb, it's over, but I don't foresee that really happening. Yeah.
1: Uh MVP champions. we we'll try to get through some of these quick enough because I know we got NLB deeper dive. MVP, it's tough for me not to look at Surreal Gone. Um Alonzo Minifield, I think, has got to be another one. Um, I and I, I do like Johnny Munoz.
2: I would agree with all those guys.
1: Um, in terms of uh first fight in the optimal lineup, I think you got a good chance. If John. yeah, Johnny Munoz wins, I think you got a really good chance that, that is in the optimal there. Um, and uh, he mentions armbar from guard, pump plays, pump plays. Derek Lewis has got to be the number one pump play to sit there. Um, in terms of that, but if you do like Derek Lewis to win, that Derek Lewis will TKO KO 400.
2: I think that's the only way to play that. And armbar from guard is going to be Melissa Gatto. She's going to get a submission finish, in my opinion. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Let's get us up to 150 likes, and uh, we'll be back on Saturday. I can't wait. Ooh.
1: We'll be back here on Saturday for Live Before Lock, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Coming up next is MLB Deeper Dive with Eric and Adam to get you ready for today's MLB action. Appreciate everyone checking in here today, and we will talk to you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Good day, everybody.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?